I'm here with Rich Gilmore, who's the Country Director at the Nature Conservancy, and Nigel Sharp, who's the Managing Director at Tiverton. Now, um, you know, when we talk about ANZ, we talk a lot about purpose, and we talk a lot about our involvement and interest in the environment. And this is a really interesting area for us, because this is a, the coming together of business and community around really solving a, a sustainability problem. So, Rich, Nature Conservancy, tell us a little bit about that and also a little bit about yourself and how did you get involved? Uh, thanks, Shane. The Nature Conservancy is the largest conservation organisation in the world. It's been going 70 years, established uh, in New York in the 1950s. Um, and we think about uh, conservation a little differently to, to some and uh, to how others might expect, in that we think the best way to get environmental outcomes uh, is to align those outcomes with the other things that the community cares about, uh, like sustainable food and fibre, like jobs for rural communities. And Nigel, Tiverton, what's, what does Tiverton do and how did you get involved there? Tiverton's uh, a, a company purely formed around bringing together conservation and, and farming with a regenerative um, overlay. Um, we've set up some principles to um, acquire a variety of agricultural uh, properties to demonstrate this regenerative agriculture and how ag and conservation can thrive together. Great. So before we get into this transaction we're going to talk about, who wants to just talk about the property? It's two properties actually, the Joonbung and, and Boyong stations that are collectively called the Great Kumbung. Uh, what's unique about this place is that um, it's at the uh, confluence of the Lachlan and the Murrumbidgee rivers and the Lachlan River is the only river in the Murray-Darling Basin that doesn't flow to the sea. It actually terminates in this huge wetland called the Great Cumbung Swamp. So it's 35,000 hectares of really important uh, you know, wetland and other natural values, but it's also really great grazing country. Uh, and so we wanted to be able to demonstrate that you can have sustainable grazing and have environmental conservation on the same property. It's one of the most significant places uh, in the Murray-Darling Basin and in Australia, actually, uh, but it's also a great grazing country. In addition to its uh, environmental values, this is a really important cultural landscape uh, as a meeting point uh, between the Lachlan and Murrumbidgee rivers. Um, we know that there are thousands of really important cultural sites uh, in this landscape. And so we're working closely with the traditional owners to make sure that their cultural and social aspirations for the property are met as well as the natural, environmental and financial ones. And just for those who are geographically challenged, where exactly is it? Uh, it's in western New South Wales. Uh, sort of the cl closest towns would be it's sort of located between Hay and Balranald uh, on the Hay Plain, this large, flat uh, expanse of country uh, out in the southern Murray-Darling Basin. And you, you said it's great grazing country. Is that... Is that what the property has been for, for a long period of time? Yeah, it's primarily been a grazing uh, property. And what we're trying to do is demonstrate that you can sustain that grazing in a you know, highly sustainable way and have environmental conservation so at the same time. So this, this property's been purchased, and we'll talk about how it was all financed in that in a minute. But um, where did the idea come from? I mean, did, I imagine these things take a long time to put together, but where did the idea that this, one this was came even possible? pretty quickly, actually. And um, so we raised the the money, all the money that we needed in around 12 weeks to finance the transaction, which is uh, pretty quick. But it was one of those opportunistic things. We weren't uh, looking for it. We'd uh, worked next door on a, on a large property, 87,000 hectares, and the owner of this property approached us and with the offer to, uh, to divest it. And so we said, well, that sounds like a fantastic opportunity. Who is the best in class, the world's best partner that we need to work with on this? Uh, and that's how we you know, started working with Tiverton to put the deal together. Fantastic. And just to give us a sense of the, you know, we talk about this deal as being a landmark deal. What, what, what makes it special or significant? I think a couple of things. The significance of the property itself, its uniqueness, its scale, its environmental importance, 
but it's also easily the largest conservation-focused transaction in Australia's history uh, in dollar terms at around $55 million. And so that scale made it significant uh, as well. And, you know, Nigel, from your, from your point of view, um, what attracted you to that? Well, exactly those points, but also I think it's a great way to demonstrate collaboration and the success of collaboration for agriculture and conservation um, and to demonstrate models that we are all uh, in this together. Um, a, lo a lot of conservation and agriculture in the past has sort of been seen as working in, in opposite directions yeah. and, and that's not the way we think and it's not the way a property like this is going right. to Now, there might be people out there thinking that when conservation groups get involved and buy a property, you know, they're going to build a big fence around it and make it a national park and that's it. That's not what this is about. That's not what this is about. Uh, it's still, you know, important to protect the places that we care about. Uh, you know, and sometimes, you know, we, we would do an acquisition just for environmental purposes, but that's not how you get scale uh, and that's not how you demonstrate uh, that agriculture and nature can thrive together. So for the first 50 years of the Nature Conservancy's life, that was largely what we did. We created protected areas. Uh, these days we're much more focused on how you grow food and fibre and do environmental protection. A lot of these properties require grazing as well. Um, so building up a biomass, locking, locking up places um, can work absolutely against the way nature intended. Um, you know, we started out uh, on the Tiverton farm, which, which was using crash grazing techniques for, for sheep grazing and growing wool. Um, and, and purely in a very simple sense, it's copying the kangaroos, mobs passing through the Tiverton landscape. Um, and as a result of that, we do have a lower stocking rate, but we actually are getting fantastic wool prices uh, from, the, from that. So it's a, uh, grazing is an important part of nature management in most instances. So for those of us, again, who have not uh, got a background in farming, what, what would the practices on the property, what would, what would change? I mean, so there's still going to be a commercial enterprise here, there's still going to be grazing and things going on. What actually changes, though, now that you're the owners? There will be a lower stocking rate um, and there'll be some areas that we will fence out and manage more carefully with the stocking. Uh, so some of the wetlands, for instance, um, may rarely get uh, grazed. Um, but then in, in, in some dry times, if, if that's what the ecologists tell us, we would do that. So it, it's, it's, more, it's protecting in, in, uh, nature and making sure it can thrive at the same time. Um, it's a lot of money. It's, a, it's not a small amount of money. Where did the money come from and how did you get, get that all to, together in such a... You mentioned 12 weeks. That's pretty quick. Yeah, it's an innovative um, a capital stack. So um, as you know, Shane, uh, ANZ provided debt finance to the transaction, uh, which was fantastic. We appreciated that. Um, there was a small amount of uh, money from, from philanthropy, uh, a few million dollars. And that was important just to be able to set aside some of those really high-value areas that, that Nigel had talked about. And the rest is commercial uh, investors. So uh, funds raised by uh, Tiverton and by the Nature Conservancy who are investing for a commercial rate of return. Is this how, how novel or, or, or kind of innovative is this model? Is it new to Australia? Is it globally different? How, and, and what do you see changing in this field? This sort of uh, model is, is pretty new uh, still. Um, you know, that sort of hybrid capital uh, where you have some, uh, some debt in there and some impact investment uh, in there, but it's becoming increasingly uh, pre prevalent and the deals are becoming increasingly large. Um, no one had ever attempted a transaction like this one, um, so it was kind of a miracle we got it done in, in the time that we did. But the next one will be easier, and the next one after that will be easier again. And I imagine it's created some level of interest in, in the community that you deal with. It's created a huge amount of interest, and what's been really uh, you know, heartening for us and reassuring for us is it's actually been very positively received by the agricultural community and the local community. 
they can see that we're trying to do but to sustain local jobs, to keep the sustainable grazing going, that we're not trying to lock up the land. And so it's been well received uh, you know, in all quarters. One day when you're looking back at this, and how will you know, what's the measure of success? How will you know that that was a great thing that we did and it was a great transaction? I think if uh, Nigel and I, if the Nature Conservancy and Tiverton are looking back in 10 years, at least from the Nature Conservancy's uh, point of view, you know, if, if that's a thriving natural landscape, if the, if the wetlands are still in good health, uh, if there's local jobs uh, being sustained and created, uh, and if others are replicating this model and doing it in other parts of Australia, then I think we've really succeeded. And I, I think, know. yeah, that point's totally really agree. important. Mm. I think the point about replication is really important. I mean, when we, when I first became aware of this, it was really that point. I mean, obviously, we can look at this as a transaction on its own, and it's really, really important and valuable, and we're proud to be associated with it. But I, I think this is going to be an emerging area. To your point, exactly what you were talking about, it's not about business versus um, NGOs or business versus uh, conservation or sustainability. It's about how do we work together. And there's increasing interest from investors. We see that all the time, whether that's in social bonds and green bonds and things like this. And so there's a demand side. And it's absolutely hits bang on in terms of our own sense of purpose as an organisation. How do we enable you know thriving communities and doing the right thing through doing what we do well? which is helping people arrange f- uh, finance. Yeah, and the role of ANZ was crucial in getting the, getting the deal done, not just because of the pre- provision of the finance, but the expertise of the agribusiness bankers uh, in the business, helping us think through how to structure the transaction you know, and what the future use of the property uh, was going to be. So we really relied on the expertise uh, of ANZ as well as the money. I mean, it's just interesting in my job, even as CEO of a bank, you know, I go and see our, our investors uh, quite a lot when I start, I used to be the CFO, and when I was CFO and we'd go, and that's only six, seven years ago, pretty much all the questions we got were financial. You know, your ROE, how's your revenue growth, whatever. I have noticed in that five or six years period of time, increasingly, they're around more social questions. You know, they are questions about our impact on the environment, whether it's our own footprint or it's about questions to do with diversity, our, our social um, beliefs. And it's really emerged. I mean, I get asked, I got asked for the first time in all those six years, and I've met hundreds of investors. Uh, very first question this guy asked, a big institutional uh, investor, was what's the purpose of ANZ? And he said, oh, and by the way, if you tell me it's to meet, uh, to make money, we can finish the meeting right now. That's right. So mm. now that's, that's new. So it's an emerging trend. And we know um, in terms of our uh, role, which is a re- helping arrange and source finance, there's increasing huge pools of capital out there that really care about what happens with their money and where it goes. Now, it doesn't mean necessarily they're willing to make a sacrifice in return. They still expect to get a return, but they want to know that their money is being used for whatever they deem to be good. And so that has real implications for us, actually, because, you know, our, what our historic skills are, you know, running the numbers. And running the numbers and our, our skill, is, as you mentioned before, is really assisting transactions. How do we make it all work? Well, increasingly, our skill has to shift, actually. So it's not just running the numbers, also saying, well, how do we ensure that we these, these projects really are delivering the social or community or environmental goods that they're supposed to? What's the right governance we need to put in place for that? And then one of the really interesting things that's happening at the moment is how do we set up structures that nudge the right behaviour? And you will have seen some of these recently where some of these green loans were actually... Um, or even uh, diversity loans where people are saying if the borrower does the right thing, their rate of interest goes down. If they don't do the right thing, their rate of interest goes up. And again, so we're learning new skills around governance, 
uh, but also, as I said, how do we nudge and actually encourage customers to do the right thing? So it's a, it's an emerging area. We're seeing you know, significant generational change too, and that's from the investment community, but also from the people that want to come and work at our organisation. The younger people and the younger graduates are really open to this learning. They want people to be thinking about community and the environment. It's it's significantly different from my generation. I agree with that. I noticed when I became when I was appointed CEO, I did a lot of town halls with our staff and things, and increasingly you get asked that question about our sense of purpose and how do we think about climate change and all of these other issues. It's, it is an, I think it's an unhelpful debate happening at the moment in Australia, which is you know business should just stick to its knitting. It doesn't have a role and social issues, it doesn't have a point of view, which I, I find quite, um, you know, I don't think that's a defendable position. I mean, particularly for large companies like us. I mean, our view is a very simple one. ANZ operates in every nook and cranny of Australia and New Zealand, pretty much. You know, we're in every single community. And given the scale of who we are and what we do, actually our actions do have an impact. They are shaping the world, whether we do it consciously or not. So better to do it consciously. So that's sort of as simple as we put it. Um, and so, of course, we have points of view on things. Doesn't mean everybody will agree with us. Doesn't mean people have to do what we say. But I think we're entitled to have views, and I think we're entitled to express them, and expressing them either just in statements, but more importantly, in actually what we do. And that's why this program was really cool for for ANZ because it's a way rather than just talking the talk, we can actually walk it and actually say, "Here's something we can actually put our our capabilities behind and lean into to generate a great outcome for multiple." multiple stakeholders. Yeah, that's a really good observation, Shane. And I think there's an interesting convergence happening between business and, say, the not-for-profit sector in that, you know, you mentioned businesses becoming more purpose-driven and more purposeful uh, and deliberately so. But NGOs, not-profit organisations, are actually becoming much more business-savvy as well and understanding the importance of generating returns for investors. Of course, if you're a retiree who's having their funds managed, you need to, uh, you know, realise a rate of return. And I think the experience that we're having at the moment out there talking to investors is that, of course, uh, there's a threshold issue around the rate of return. But once that threshold issue is reached, that you know there is a rate of return, investors are really looking at where they allocate their funds based on the sustainability and the governance uh, of those businesses. Even in our own small way at ANZ, what we've said is, hey, we do have the strong sense of purpose. So it's really important that we think about that and when we choose who to bank. You know, it would be it would be hypocritical of us to then bank people who don't share that same uh, view, or whose actions, business models, behaviours are counter to that sense of purpose. And so, who we bank is really important. So, as a result of that, recently, you know, we've exited, unfortunately, customers that we're not aligned to, either their industry or the, the way they operate, and actually, you know, bring on businesses like this one here, where we say this is perfectly aligned with what we care about. So, you know, I think it, all business does have a role. And again, it goes back to my point of view. It's just having been conscious in the decisions you're making. So not just stumbling through things and doing them because we've always done them, but actually saying, how do we consciously make uh, good decisions? So I look, it's a really exciting transaction. I, I'm really hopeful that it will seed uh, a lot of interest. I mean, part of the reason for doing this podcast is to get it out there so other people know about it. And um, I think it's an exciting opportunity to be great to talk to you guys in a year or so and see how it's all gone. Well, thank you very much for the trust in ANZ and thanks for your comments. Thank you, Thanks a lot, Shane. Thank you for listening to Blue Notes. This podcast was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod. Blue Notes is a publication of ANZ Banking Group.